Let's hit, hit us straight away with all your excuses. Well, I'm going to Miami. It won't affect the podcast at all. <laughs> How many normal features are we doing? Wait. And can I just say Wait. straight away, producer Tyler does not count as a guest. Greatest respect, Tyler. <laughs> well, Love actually, you dearly. But Sam's whole, we're going to have a guest every week. You might have thought for a brief moment, dear listener, oh, Sam's actually flirted with keeping his word. There's a third person on screen. But no, he's failed again, and he's tried to wiggle out of it by getting producer Tyler in as a guest. I'm not. Well, can I just say, can I just say, firstly, thank you for having me on. Secondly, I I feel like, you know, I've made it in life, considering the fact that the first guest is, you know, Charlie T, host of the Radio 1 D&B show, and now (laughs) Tyler O'Dell. Help yeah. musicians podcast producer. I mean, I'm, I'm up there with the greats. So yeah, true. Yeah. Radio One DJ. Yeah. You know, very successful A and R. Get to the back. Step back, <laughs> Tyler. Mm. <laughs> to quote Samuel guess. Mahoney, uh, I stand by it. I stand by it. He's a great guest. You really are, Tyler. Thank you. And thank uh, you. dear listener, we'll cut to it. There is, there's going to be some joy on this show because producer Tyler is just that. He is a producer that makes all those funny, hilarious, super viral clips that you see on our Instagram and TikTok every single day, as well as actually just making me and Mark sound even sexier than we normally do with our croaky voices. I've, all, I've got a bone with Tyler, actually. I've just realized he's also your collaborator, your partner in crime in making your shit Irish accent go viral. So out of solidarity... <laughs> For my Celtic cousins, I'm wearing an Ireland top today to try and sort of rejuvenate Anglo-Irish relations after all the damage done by you and that skin-crawling accent that literally made animals weep around the planet. It was that bad. What animals? Baboons. Leprechauns. In Mongolia. (laughs) Mainly. Well, dear listener, uh, this episode is a special episode, not just because we have the beautiful guest that's producer Tyler... But uh, this time last week, we were talking to you as musicians about how Spotify would be launching Wrapped a few days later. That did happen. Happy to share cutting edge insights with you on the Helping Musicians podcast there. Uh, And we shared a few other uh, tips on the last episode about how you could take advantage of that as a musician and what you could do to help actually get your data and your impressive stats out to even more people, look even cooler, share your Irish accents with the world, all these beautiful suggestions that we had for you as musicians. So we thought, as passionate new music fans, we should share our Spotify raps and be honest about how beautiful our music taste is and how eclectic it is and how respectable our music tastes are. Eclectic. And uh, because I if like me all and Mark... five of yours are going to be from the same artist, they'll certainly be from the if... same genre. And you want to celebrate your passion for new music by talking about music you listen to loads in February. If can me you, and Mark can you tell, I'm, can think... you tell I'm not totally yeah. down with this feature? <laughs> yeah. Can you tell that Mark hasn't seen his Spotify rap chat? He's ter- terrified that Baby Shark is going to be his top five songs. Shh, you're giving it away. I'm really nervous about there being something really embarrassing in there because you know January, well, February, it was it was it was pretty miserable. It wasn't like a total lockdown, but it was the Omicron effect, so we were at home. And you know, I mm. did listen to tunes that I might not want to be seen listening to in public for the you, immediate. You do jolt know of joy. there's a there's a private mode on Spotify, Mark, right? So like when you're listening to your guilty pleasures, it doesn't count. Just it's a bit lame though, isn't it? When you're at one with yourself and you start <laughs> listening in private mode because you're a bit worried about what your rap's going to be in nine, ten months. I'm like, well, Actually, why? So yeah, bear in mind, no one sees inside this, or is this coming? Is this becoming a bit like not wanting your girlfriend to see your internet history? People are using the privacy feature on Spotify so that who can't see what they listen to. So on Spotify desktop, you can see what all of your friend, your Facebook friends yeah. are listening to on Spotify. Oh, if like, you've connected like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but there's a legacy thing of like back in the day to have a Spotify account, you had to link it with Facebook or it was like really heavily encouraged or something. So like a very, very, very significant percentage of Spotify users have their Facebook account connected. 
And then if you're Facebook friends, without then remembering. Seen, yeah, exactly. Then okay. you see in real time. It's also why people have their profile pictures on Spotify. I'm like, I never uploaded a picture to Spotify. It's because it's nicked it from Facebook and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, no, totally. Like it's that private, they made a big deal out of it when they launched that private mode feature like four or five years ago. Because yeah, it was literally like, yeah. when you're listening to Backstreet Boys and you don't want people to know, <laughs> then you can uh, you can tick this little and box. You were reading it going, what's wrong yeah. with listening to Backstreet Boys? They were listening <laughs> exactly. to all these artists you might want to use your privacy feature for. And you were like, that's three of my top five. Exactly. I want to shout about them. So the way we're going to do this, listener, uh, Mark has not seen his Spotify rap yet. I have because obviously I'm a clout chaser. So <laughs> what we're going to do is go through our top five songs from five through to one, and we're gonna we're gonna pitch mm. why why we love those songs so much. And producer Tyler is going to put his other what? hat on, and he's going to become what? Judge Tyler. And what? Judge Tyler is going to decide which of us would stand a chance in the Dragon's Den pitch room. So you're trying to make up for the fact you're in Miami, which means you haven't done your homework and you've not found anything actionable and valuable for musicians to share by doing an on-the-spot quiz about songs to Tyler that I don't even know what they are. Yeah. <laughs> Good summary. Have you done anything that you're meant to do for this show? So like, no guest, no content. Honey, Let's get Tyler on j- just... and embarrass Mark. <laughs> I mean, it's and it's your dream I, show, I isn't have it, a commitment really? for entertainment. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I have a commitment to bring entertaining content to our listeners, and uh, that's exactly what it's oh, going to be. So, nervous about this, Mark Dell. So, my top five artists: number five, Saint Vincent. Do Ooh. you even know who she is, Sam? Yeah, she's like annoying indie. She's an icon of the last ten years, but yeah, she's far <laughs> too cool for you. Although I think yeah. one of her most successful songs is called "LA," so you got something to buy well, there. I'll take that. Although yeah. she probably actually knows where it is. Um, I'm not going to tell you number four because I think this is the entertainment value. Number three is mm. Jesse Ware. Number two is mm. Wolf Alice. And mm. number one is Confidence Man. So you can see I've continued wow. to be a massive sexist with all female fronted artists. Mm. But snugly fitting in the middle of Confidence Man, Wolf Alice, Jesse Ware, and St. Vincent, Nirvana. Mm. What? <laughs> Nirvana? That's from the end of that angry, energetic days. Yeah. Is that from the January, February, I'm sad, help me months? Or... I need energy phase, yeah. Probably, yeah. possibly. I mean, I love Nirvana, obviously, and that surprised me a bit. So yeah, it must have been the start of the year more because that's part of this phenomena is you have these surprises that songs or artists are in there and the answer is you were loving them in Obsessed. February, March, yeah, April, yeah. and now six, seven, eight months later, you've forgotten about it. And you're like, why is the Joel Baker album not in there that I've been rinsing the last yeah. four weeks? Psychologists call it recency bias. It's actually a really good way of, of measuring the phenomena yeah, of recency yeah. bias. Well, that's because they haven't been counting the last 30 to 32 days. Right, should we do the thing we were yeah. meant to do? Yeah, well, I was just looking at my artist and I was actually just thinking, based on what you just said, like almost every artist in my top artist has put a record out this year, which is a long record, as in like a 15, 16, 17, 18 track record. Um, so I'm just wondering if that's part of what's also biased. This is they literally just put a much higher quantity of songs out to make this happen. That's definitely part of my confidence, man, being in the top. They've got three albums out. Yeah. I really like them, seen them twice live, and they're really happy music. So they've definitely kind of hit a Venn diagram sweet spot for, for 2022. Whereas my artist, five, I don't know if you guys have heard of him, is a rapper called Mike, just a classic LA wannabe rapper. Four, Fred again has made it in at four. Unexpected curveball. Oh, I should have got Fred again. Yeah, should have got. Third, BB No Money has made it in there, um, which is interesting because I love him, but I've the album that I love came out last December. So I didn't, something we haven't worked out Mm. is if November, December of the previous year ends up into the following year Spotify wrapped because 
that it must do because that's the only reason that would be in there because like his I think we read it or, started on the 1st of January and one of the reasons for that not just calendar synchronicity was it means they don't get distorted by Christmas, Christmas. listening because December is actually <laughs> yeah. the most distorted listening month of the year and then in second uh, we three the sibling kind of pop band that I discovered at the start of the year and became one of my favorite bands and then in at first is so it's Joel or Chain first the chain smokers <laughs> Uh, which is, yeah, the first year that Joel Baker has not made it into the top five in, I think, since Spotify Raptors existed. Is um, the year he actually that... released his debut album. Yeah. <laughs> but it's because of what you just said. It's because it came out just it's after. Clear, yeah, Joe. If you were listening, Joel, um, it's because you released in November. Yeah. Sort it well, out. Bearing in mind, this is out. meant to be a show about actionable advice. Yeah. Just thinking of one potential question. Mm. Spotify Raptors is becoming so significant now, as we discussed last mm-hmm. week. Is there a case... Is the case growing that you should always release your album in the first half of the year to give it a chance of featuring in Wrapped? And certainly a case that you should never release it in October or November, which massively decreases its chances of featuring in Wrapped. It's, it's a good question. Like It's more about clout than anything else. I don't know if many people are seeing people featured high in someone's Spotify Wrapped and going, oh, I'll go and listen to them. So I don't know if it brings value other than making people feel good, which I guess is you know something in itself. It, it does have a value. So we don't know any of the data yet yet on the boost that musicians receive in the seven days of Wrapped coming out. Yeah. I mean, I'd go as far to say it might be the opposite because like a lot of people, like I'm, I'm at it now. Like I lo- I genuinely do love seeing other people's Spotify Wrapped. But one thing I find incredibly irritating is every artist I follow reshares a hundred stories of people that put them in the top 10. Mm. And I'm like, I don't follow you to see the same graphic as someone that lives in Ohio. Like I follow you to see like behind the scenes of what you're doing type thing. So if anything, I think there's a chance that Spotify wrapped, if you're featured in a lot, might lose you followers because you just become really annoying depending on your social media strategy. We might find out the two forces balance out and it makes fuck all difference. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, the thing that would be interesting is obviously it means if you're in someone's top uh, 100 songs, you get the playlist, right? Everyone has their top 100 songs playlist as a part of Spotify wrapped. I don't know what the listening data is at, like on that. And if like, you know, 50% of people that receive that playlist then just listen to that playlist on repeat for all of December. Because if that is the case, then you're probably going to get even more listens by making it on there type thing. But yeah, lots of things. Let's get Spotify on the podcast. Okay, top songs then. Working backwards, number five, our respective number fives. You are going to take the piss out of me so much for these. Um... <laughs> So if it makes you feel any better. I think you've got some room to do it back. Okay, good. Good, good, good. And Tyler, please chip in, specifically on yeah, Mark. Yeah, I will. Um, on the piss taking. So, yeah, yeah. Just, it's just struck me as we um, get into this that you know a lot more about Tyler's musical taste than I do. So you know what what buttons to press. Uh, no. I, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think he does. I don't think you do, no. so. I think you know a little bit, but not yeah, a lot. Okay, imagine. so he's just... He's just Arrogant and rude, and never takes an interest in you and your musical taste. <laughs> time. Yes, that is Thank all you, of my relationships. Thank you. Okay, well, yeah, exactly. Just take, take, take. Maybe I'm a li- not quite far as far behind as I thought. Uh, so, in at number five, I've got I've got some credibility to just start me off. Can I just say, get gents? In at number five, we have Nottingham's own Lane with his song Cadillac, which we loved very, very much so earlier in the year. Uh. Nottingham's answer to Post Malone, both in style, looks, quality, and probably. The most I think you're making artist. this up. You thought, how can I stop Mark taking the piss out of me from the get-go? I'll hit <laughs> him with a an and he's immediately muzzled. 
Yeah, sorted. But yeah, man, I mean, I'm sure you get sick of being compared to Post Malone, but it is the best comparison. He sounds a lot like Post Malone, just as good, just as slick. This particular song is like rolling around the city in a Cadillac. I don't think he's talking about Nottingham. I'd love to know which city he is talking about. But yeah, it's just a great pop song, catchy suck of the year. My girlfriend loves it as well. It's ended up in her like top songs as well. So that's how infectious the tune is. Yeah, man, just lots of love. And he deserves many, many, many more listeners because he is, yeah, probably, I'm surprised he's not in the top artists as well put it that way because he's got that many songs that I've listened very very consistently well I've just been told by Spotify that my fifth most listened to song of the year uh, for mm. context the number one song had I think it said 24 plays unless I, I'm worried I missed a digit based on what you said about some people yeah, yeah. listening to songs a thousand times uh, yeah. is a track called Cold House by Talk Show so this is a result because I do actually remember what that song is which was my Impressive. One of my big concerns. And it's not massively embarrassing. It's quite a cool track by quite a cool band. Quite a kind of classic, angry, cool, indie. Um, they've got quite a strong Boring. feel of The Rapture, a band from like 10, 15 years ago. Uh, if any of you guys are into them, more contemporary artists like Viagra Boys and Shame. It's that perfect sweet spot that I love that makes you want to dance and mosh at the same time. You know, it's angry, but it's also funky. And the only dilemma about it is you sometimes end up doing some weird contorted dance move because your ass is trying to wiggle because it's funky, but you're also trying to jump up and down because it's moshy. Arsey, wiggly, moshy. Okay. I think they're both very compelling arguments straight off the bat. I'll oh, say very that. Very diplomatic. Um, and well said like a judge as well. I think, um, obviously, despite the fact I'm not from Notts, I think being at uni for three years there has made me at least some part Nottingham. So, you know, you comparing a Nottingham artist to Post Malone is pretty cool. Uh, what else? I think what you said about you and your girlfriend, uh, funnily enough, uh, on my Spotify app to have a lot of Becca songs, and she also loves Becca, another Nottingham artist. So, uh, <laughs> You're going out with Becca? You know that. No, not that. <laughs> That's um, a hell of a scoop, particularly to our husband. <laughs> no, no. Uh, and then Mark, uh, lots of adjectives as per usual from you, uh, I would say. <laughs> Uh, dancing and moshing I can relate to that actually because that's that's something at festivals that I hate because you know you, you've got like the half that mosh and the half that want to just dance and it's like Tyler, where do you I draw the like line between dancing me. and moshing this feels like when a girl is telling you all the things that are good about you and how much I've enjoyed being with you but I just think we should be friends uh, no don't worry uh, that'll maybe you're come about, later I feel like you're about to tell now. me I'm really nice um, but let's just be friends yeah uh I think I, I'm, I'm going to go Sam for this number one, purely because I also like the song, which obviously that doesn't help your case, Mark, which I appreciate, but I do also it like does. the well, song. Well, this is the whole yeah, set for Sam. So you've actually heard the song. We haven't heard my song, but I'm happy with that. Yeah, I'm happy true. for Nottingham to okay. win here. But it was it was a good argument. Yeah, and yeah, Nottingham wins. So yeah. Um. So let's go with Nottingham wins rather than Sam wins. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'll take both. I'll take both. All right. You're going to get blown away by my argument on song four. Yeah, right. I mean, you're going to be blown away by three of these tracks being by the same artist coming up, guys. Um, so, <laughs> I said that at the start of the show. Track four is a song called I Love You by a band called The Chainsmokers. And it is oh a my, beautiful piece. I know, no, I know, I know, I know, I know. It is a beautiful piece of EDM pop. It samples some kind of weird anime thing at the start. And the reason, part of the reason I love it so much other than the fact that Jamie just quite like it as a song is I got, when I was part of the Tape Notes, John Kennedy's podcast recording with them, and I got to, they like spent 30, 40 minutes that she explaining how they made it. So it's one of those songs where I almost feel like I've like see 
like even more of it than like the surface level, like on a really nerdy level. So I've heard the original samples and stuff like that. And I was like, <laughs> I'm part of a secret club. Um, and other than that, yeah, it's just very wholesome. It's very sweet. And it's got everything I love in a pop song. There's this thing in sport called a dead rubber. And it happens when like Roger Federer injures his shoulder getting ready for the mm. games. So he has to walk out and they go, we're not going to play the game. And uh, that's basically what's going to happen here. Because my number four song... I can't remember what it is. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? As in, this is just so long ago. Well, I must have loved it a while ago. And as I said, I've just looked at this now because uh, you've cheated and not done your homework because you're pissing about Thank Miami. You. And in the spirit of honesty, I, I can't, don't recognize the artist's name or the song name. Cosmos Midnight is the name of the artist. And the song is called Bang My Line. Uh, I clearly quite like it because it's my fourth most played song of the year. Yeah. Or I really liked it in April. Uh, it's going to be really awkward if it got released in uh, August or September. Now. <laughs> but yeah, that's a dead rubber. Um, unless I win for honesty and, and you just take points off Sam for just being a chain smokers group. The, the rather annoying part about this one is the fact that Sam mentioned, you, like uh, you know, Oh, no, <laughs> so, some, some mentioned, uh, you know, uh, you know, this whole producer is, you know, behind the scenes sort of thing. Uh, but for me, that gets annoying because as a music trained person, it's like I feel like my ears always over listen to songs. And I'm always like deeply, and sometimes I just want to enjoy music for what it is rather than breaking it down, deconstructing it. Listen, oh, this, oh, this, so I know nice, this synth, I know this bass, you know. Um, Judge Tyler. So I was going to give it to Mark if it was amazing. a decent argument, but now he's told me he can't remember his song. Don't do anything you regret. Think about how amazing it would be if Sam lost up against nothing. Just think of the entertainment value. <laughs> his argument was so shit and weak, even against Roger Federer with a broken shoulder, he still lost. The, the problem, right? The problem is with Sam though. He's probably got three more Chainsmokers songs coming up, so he's going to run out of arguments anyway yeah. for why he likes the Chainsmokers. Uh. So. <laughs> I'll give it to you, Mark. I'll give it to you, Mark. I respect the honesty there. I think, you know, I think that deserves What's a point it? more than anything. So have I won? Is it one all? You've, you've won that one. You've won that uh, one. Number three is by one of my top artists. It is by the guy called Mike Fullstop. Make sure we get the branding right, kids. Mike Fullstop. Uh, and the song is called Life Got Crazy. And that's because that's a fair representation of my life this year. It's like a diary entry, boys. It's like a re relatable song. No, it's not. It's just, it's a really, really good uh, Post Malone S, funnily enough, you're starting to see a trend in my uh, music taste across this year. Uh, actually, sounds quite a lot like the Lane song, actually. Kind of slightly melancholic, but still trap drums, really catch chorus. Sounds like we played in some kind of LA epicenter, which I don't know the geography of. Yeah, it's it's the tune, and it's it's crazy. It's called Life Got Crazy. Okay, this is when this feature becomes a confessional. I mean, I've already confessed song four. I couldn't remember what it was. Mm. I'm hopeful it's a cool song that I'm going to be proud to be associated with, but it, it, I guess mm. it, it's not a given. Number three, words and phrases I never expected to say in my life. Up there with, I looked to Sam Naherney for geographical advice. <laughs> in my top five songs of the year is a song by a One Directioner. Oh. Harry Styles. Wow. wow. Oh, I thought you'd be able to guess which one. Having now confessed in this safe place that I have a Harry Styles, I'm now going to do an Aherney and stand by it. Harry Styles, mm. music for a sushi restaurant, is mm. a pop banger of the 21st century. And more specifically, that bass line is so potentially iconic. We should make three copies of it. 
We should put one in the Tate in London. We should put one in the Smithsonian in Washington and another one in a time capsule to be buried somewhere safe for future generations to appreciate quite how funky Harry made 2022 with that baseline. Because as much as 2012 me is in his mind is blown that I have a Harry Styles track. I've got. Sta- I, I I really appreciate how he has evolved over the last couple of years, and that song, "Music for a Sushi Restaurant," is a is a key moment for me because it absolutely changed my relationship with an artist. And that baseline. Do you know what, Sam? I love it. Love it. Well, love Mark, it. I, I think you're being. I think you're being a little bit naughty, because uh-huh. one of my most jaw dropping moments of our relationship over the years was when the first Harry Styles album came out about four or five years ago. And you Watermelon. secretly... Yeah, and you secretly... That's confessed. not five years old, though. And that Did didn't get into my top ten. This is the data. This is a fact. No, I'm not, Harry Styles I'm not disputing that. in my I'm dispute, top five. You're saying it changed your relationship with an artist when I remember vividly you saying how much you oh. really, really rated... Yeah, well, you're doing two things. For- okay, fair, you're listening. I am obviously making this up on the go because I didn't know we were doing this. <laughs> Or know my artists, as opposed to you, who knew exactly what you're doing and had time to prep. Okay, well, let, let's restore some order. So, watermelon sugar, <laughs> I begrudgingly liked, and that put me into this territory of begrudgingly <laughs> liking Harry. <laughs> what music for a sushi restaurant changed was it was the moment at which I had to go. I like Harry Styles. I can't begrudgingly like three, four, five songs by an artist. There's a point at which, and this is the point, you've hit the critical mass, the tipping point of. Fuck, I'm a Harry Styles fan. I didn't even realise. Let me just clip that for the socials. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I think Sam. I think based on the fact, Sam, that you that you tried to you know take that Mark embrace and his love for Harry away from him a bit at the end mm. there, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I think just piping up means that you're clearly insecure about your argument on, on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think true, that, that's true. You know, that's it true. was slightly repetitive as well. You know, mentioning Post Malone for the second time. Yeah, no, it's fair. Uh, Sam, I think repetitive. I think that one's. I think that one's that's Mark, you know, that's Mark all day long. I'm afraid. Sam enthusiastically yeah. saying the same thing, <laughs> hoping it counts as new sentences. <laughs> this is meant to be from a the man with you, three, three me. top five, top five tracks. Sixty percent of them are from the same artist. So uh, guess who track number two and number one are by guys? <laughs> um, so to be is fair, is it Queen? Is it the Beatles? Is it the Rolling Stones? Uh, we're not into like is it the Beach Boys? old school music. It's, yeah, it's I'm just trying to think of iconic Boys, artists um, that you've dismissed as irrelevant. It would have been really know. ironic now if it was Harry Styles, but <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I genuinely really, really loved the first two Harry Styles albums, but wasn't feeling that most recent one. To be fair, like the first Harry Styles album, I fucking love. That's like Same. a great, great record. It's too smart for me. The latest Harry Styles record. So. Track number two, and I can give it two and one to make it nice and easier. Track two and one are both by the Chainsmokers in Sam the Hernie's no tracks of the year. Yes, boys and girls. But part of the reason is, is it was actually kind of their big comeback this year because they'd actually been away really for like two or three years. And these top two tracks were the first two tracks they put out off the album when they came back at the beginning of the year. And it was like Teenage Sam, I don't know, revisiting, revisiting the world of happiness which he hasn't seen since first hearing Closer in 2015. Is it um, that long? But, yeah, Selfie 2014 wow. and mm. Closer 2015. Yeah, 10 years of the artist that literally made me do what I do. I, I confidently say the one-liner, I would not be doing what I do if it wasn't for seeing the Chasebookers doing their thing nearly 10 years ago, terrifyingly. And this album coming back is very much the sound of the old school Chainsmokers, which I love very much. The first song is literally called iPad. 
which is uh, I found out <laughs> a little insight, boys and girls. It's called iPad because if you're being cheated on, one of the ways you can find out you're being cheated on is by checking the text messages mm. on the iPad, which is connected to the same iCloud account. And when the naughty little rascal deletes the text messages off her phone so that you don't see them, they do not get wiped from the iPad. And that's why it's called iPad. It's called finding out being cheated on through an iPad. Yeah. If there's anything worse than un- unfaithful other half, it's a stupid unfaithful other half. <laughs> Literally. Okay. Literally. They've left the evidence um, on the iPad. So track one, my most listened to song of the year is iPad by the Chainsmokers. My second most listened to track of the year is High by the Chainsmokers. They were the first two songs that came out of this record, which is almost definitely my most listened to album of the year. Uh, and in my opinion, it's the best stuff they've actually ever put out. And I still say that Closer, the first song I heard by them, is my favorite song of all time. So... This album is my favorite. Yeah, I'm going to throw it out there. This might be my favorite album of all time. I mean, I, I, if it's got more listens than the original stuff, then that's almost just data to, to back that up. So big love, Chain Smokers. Our second is our first track, I think, in this courtroom that has been mentioned on a previous Helping Musicians podcast. Ooh. So um, I need to bring that to your attention, yeah. Judge Tyler, because I know you've got okay, a, yeah. an eye for repetition. But sometimes yeah. it's a fine line between repetition and consistency. Because yeah. this is a song that I've already spoken about on HMP, how much I love it. And I don't think it was released that long ago. So that means I've been listening to this so much in September and October that it's managed to take over every single song that I've listened to this year. And Spotify told us a moment ago I'd listened to about 1,400 different songs. So I've listened to this song so much in September and October, it has zoomed like the kid on sports day who was who fell over at the start and has slowly been catching up and catching up before they do a storming finish. Does this ring any bells? It's the sultry, funky, close to erotic, high club Parisian, high class Parisian strip club beats. Rose Grey. In the warehouse after party vibes of Rose Grey and Prettier Than You, which I still, Ooh. Sam, love it, love it, love it. It's probably my, out of all the tunes so you've recommended on the HMP, it's probably my favourite tune out of all of them so far. So, okay, that sounds like Sam okay. is acknowledging that, that Rose should win. Uh, okay, well, I mean, well. you've already put me in a tricky situation because ta- Sam's just gave us his top two songs and Mar- I've only mm. got one from Mark. Yeah, so, so watch your one, like... Mark. You need oh, to give that, us your that's... top one as well. Well, I think you're going to win on this one, Sam. Um, okay. Because I saw this and it took me... A... I was like, what? <laughs> so I'm very surprised. I'm very surprised this is top. I'm really surprised there's no big pig in there at all. That's really mm. surprised me in the top five. I'm... Wouldn't surprise me if I find out like she's seven, eight, and nine. Yeah. Um, it's a house tune. Um, I wouldn't, off the top of my head, have said it's my favourite house tune of the year. It's obviously a house tune I like. It must have come out mm. earlier in the year. The production artist's name is Things You Say, and the track is called Thank You Baby, and I, I quite like it. <laughs> but, <laughs> I quite like it. In, in no way would I have called it as my, as my top song of the year. Uh, hopefully I'm winning some points with Judge Tyler again for my honesty and transparency. I think mm. I've clearly won song number two um but i think sam probably wins song number one because um that is an interesting example you know again trying to remember why we're here helping musicians podcast we're in this age there is so much data out there to help you make decisions but sometimes for all the data you do need to listen to your gut and go with your gut particularly with creative decisions and this is an example of that because spotify has been monitoring and listening to me for 10 months but it has not correctly identified my favorite song of the year but the data is clear i i feel firstly before i judge the last two songs that i do need to be transparent and mention that 
the Chainsmokers is in also in my top eyes, my top five eyes. Ooh. However, 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 uh, in right. Obviously, you I'm a judge, so I will be. I will be impartial. Yourself. I will be impartial. But what I will say is, high and uh, iPad are actually well. iPad is probably one of my least favorite songs on so far. So far. <laughs> my favorite okay. song off the album is is Riptide. I will say Riptide. that. Riptide. But I think. For, I'm going to give you a point for high, so I don't know if that's okay. your second or your, or your first, point. because you, you gave a oh, you, you gave a very good you gave a very good argument. You, you knew the you knew the background knowledge on iPad, so we'll just carry that argument over to the point for uh-huh. high. So we'll give you a point for high. Mark, you get a point for for Rose Gray. Um, I mean, you have to because you know it was a very compelling argument. Uh, it was uh, again loads of adjectives. You didn't call it. You've not called anything saucy yet, which I was kind of waiting for. You know, I, I hate you calling stuff saucy all the time. Rose. I, I don't think you did. I, you gave you oh, gave okay. it sultry. You gave it the Parisian sultry, strip club. Not saucy. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, the out and for then, the lads, but forgot saucy. I, I've I've got to say, Mark, you're. I'm struggling with the last song because Sam, as I say, I don't particularly like iPad as a tune compared to the other stuff on the album. But also, Mark, you openly admitted that your top Spotify rap song is not one of your favorite songs. And Correct. I feel like that's so disingenuous to not only the artist but also like how how it's you. It's not disingenuous. It's like... the exact. It's the exact definition <laughs> of authenticity is admitting yeah, something that's uncool. It's the exact opposite of disingenuous. But you Being clearly have listened to it a lot. Going, it oh be my god! Song. Things you say. Thank you, babies. My top track. I can't believe how well Spotify understand me. I love that song so much. That would be disingenuous. But it's purely about listen numbers, right? I don't know this for a fact, but I... yeah. Surely, if you're it listening to it really that much, you have to at year. least like it. Okay. okay no, I do like enough. it. Fair enough. I do like okay, it. Good. And, okay, you know, good. top 20, fine. But it's not my number one song. And that's honesty, which is the exact opposite of disingenuity. Um, disingenuity. <laughs> another band name for you there. I don't know who to give this to, I'm afraid. No, it's, Sam, it's Sam just... wins. Sam wins number one, which means he loses 3-2. Thank you very much. Goodbye. I think that's that's fair. I mean, we could round it up and call it two and a half each. I think that's that's the fairest way to do this. But... Yeah, I I would agree. I mean, it's boring, but it's a cop out. Yeah. yeah, I'd rather lose gloriously than be in a disingenuous result. <laughs> Tyler, I think, well, have you been hanging uh... out with Sam too much, and you, you're getting the whole say wrong words confidently, and people will just roll with it thing. I stand by what I said. Careful. I that's believe it's disingenuous. He stands by it. He stands by it. It's called the Herniitis. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> My question, have you been hanging out with Sam too much? And then you respond with a Sam catchphrase. <laughs> oh, God. Well, Mark, no, I'll let you have that. I think you win. That is a 3-2 knockout defeat. Well done for somehow, whilst even having two songs that you basically don't even fucking recognize <laughs> on your entire Spotify rap, still beating me on music taste. That is quite yeah. impressive. So, so over thanks. half yours were from the same band, <laughs> mm. who I, I were also in the, the who were also in the judges top five. So that, that yeah, is, uh, that's yeah, I, I, I think, think that's just inquiry. as bad though. Two songs that you don't remember, Mark, and you know, three songs from the same artist. Uh, and come on, accuracy is important. Not one song I don't remember. Okay, one, one song, song you I'm completely forgot. To, yeah, where it is. okay, yeah, okay. okay. As fun as it is, ripping the piss out of my music taste. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, I think. <laughs> Sam, I will I just think... say though, I was expecting yours to be a little more like basic bitch, you know, sort of change focus <laughs> than one. But what I will say is actually to redeem this, you did manage mm. to get yourself into potentially the coolest pool party on the planet yesterday in Miami. 
I don't know if you're going to mention it, but I think that's I worth mean, pointing out because I was very yeah. jealous. So I'm that's that's the definition of cool. Musical taste. All that <laughs> because I thought I thought all that all that proves is he's good at talking shit, and that's not in doubt. <laughs> If this Special was Judge skill. Tyler deciding who's better at enthusiastically talking shit, I would just, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't turn up. I'd be like, I need to settle out of court here. <laughs> but it was a musical taste. <laughs> I, um, it's funny because whilst I'm out here, like the parties I'm going to, if I say them with a straight face, people might actually think I have some ounce of credibility or cool. It's like, yeah, I'm at like a Diplo party tonight and then like I'm shooting a, tomorrow. Sunny Federa party on a boat somewhere and all this stuff and like well particularly with that really manly body language they'll really think you're cool <laughs> that is what people hire me for my security like bills yeah, and like, intimidation apparently he does photos videos socials and security all in one package honey when I've got my flashlight people move out of the way what can I say your um, light my flashlight <laughs> <laughs> Just clarify yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, it probably uh, work as a weapon. Those Miami parties. Um, <laughs> they are wild. What can we say? Um, right, moving on. You have some Web3 updates that you want to share with the glorious listeners, don't you, Mark? Yeah, I've actually done what we're meant to do, which is sort of share some precise and actionable information with the listeners. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, get to it. You have... Don't even try and say that to me after you've wasted nearly an hour talking about the fact you've got three Chainsmokers songs in your top five. What a fucking surprise. We could have done that in one tweet. <laughs> so, Sam, have a look at your Instagram. I mean, Tyler as well. If you've got your phone there, have a look at your Instagram. Yeah. Go to the accounts um, settings bit and see whether Digital Collectibles is in there now. Because it's popped up on my Instagram. In- one of the yes, questions I've been asking you. It is there. Yes, so, I've got it too. The fact we've had quite a few questions about this uh, amongst ourselves, as well as from listeners, and the fact that it's now popping up in British accounts, I thought it'd be a good time to um, address some of those questions on this huge news, one of the biggest pieces of news in the Web3 world in 2022 um, is all, are the moves of several really, really big players. We talked about Nike a lot last week, and I think the week before that, we spoke about Instagram. So we're doing a little Instagram update. First off, I found an amazing article that goes into precise details on how to make the Instagram NFT thing work for you. So it's Dece- it is December 2022. You're a musician at the start of your career and you're thinking about embracing this Web3 stuff, particularly the NFT side of things. You're thinking January 23, let's get on it. That's going to be one of my big New Year's resolutions is to learn about NFT stuff. Spending an hour with this article will really, really, really help you get started. It's got all that information that you can imagine someone else charging you $199 for an online course and it's all there in a free article. So the words to Google are Lux, L-U-X-E, Lux Digital Instagram NFT Guide. That article, that is your homework for the 28th of December when your grand is doing your head in and you just can't actually wait for January to start and attack 2023 and make it the best year of your music career so far. And some precise points now we'll summarize. Looks like most NFTs from any source will be postable on Instagram. They will be postable on Instagram wherever they've originally been minted. Minted being the kind of term for give birth. If you actually create the piece of art yourself, the graphic, the video, hopefully in the not too distant future, the music, think of that as the sperm and the egg fusing together and creating the embryo, the baby's in the belly, minting is the birth bit. So it looks like most NFTs will be postable on Instagram, but only ones minted on Instagram, so given birth to on Instagram, if we use that clunky 
analogy, only those ones will be buyable and sellable on Instagram. So most NFTs will be postable on, on Instagram, advertised effectively, but only the ones that were minted, given birth to on Instagram, will actually be buyable and sellable for the foreseeable future. You know, who knows what's going to happen in July 2024. We had questions about money. Instagram are on record as saying they will not charge anything until at least 2024. Who knows what will happen in January 2024. But again, that means you've got 2023 to get after it, get some momentum. You're going to be able to create up to 100 NFTs of each piece of art. Cool. The maximum sale price is going to be $999, which is an interesting insight into where their head's at as the kind of uh, revenue that could potentially be generated through this feature. You know, if you're at the very, very top, you could be selling 100 NFTs at 999. The default royalty, royalty, one of the things we've spoken about the most on this podcast when we've been doing the Web3 stuff and how it's going to help musicians at the start of their career, is going to be 5%. And you can increase that. A couple of places I've seen the phrase, you can increase that as opposed to you can change that. So there's implication that 5% is potentially a flaw, but I don't know that for certain. And in this article, it goes into detail um, in terms of how will you know an image is an NFT on Instagram. So they've brought in a couple of features, like they're going to have a specific check mark. There's going to be this shimmer feature that will make it clear to the person following on Instagram that this is actually an NFT. And I guess over time, the hope is that will create an almost sort of Pavlovian reaction. Oh, this is an NFT. I can potentially buy it. So that's a few bullet point overviews of some of the key things. Can I sell them? Can I mint them? What's the royalty fee going to be? How many can I make, etc, etc. Now that producer Tyler is back, Judge Tyler is so five minutes ago, he will no doubt turn that into a ninja minute or so, summarizing it all very quickly in 60 seconds. Your homework on the 28th of December, getting ready for a massive 2023, is to sit down with that Lux digital article and make your um, NFT master plan for 2023. Can I actually wow. just quickly pipe in on that, if that's okay? You can, yeah. as long as you don't ask me a really, so really technical question. I don't think it is. Uh, obviously, we've seen people who already have NFTs. They've already posted them on Instagram, just as images, I guess, right? So the difference now will be if you post your NFT through the wallet, you will get some kind of check mark to show that it's a purchased, verifiable NFT that you own. Is that correct? Am I understanding that right? The difference now is if you have genuinely seen, one, seen someone post a genuine NFT, as opposed to, say, an image that says it's an NFT, but it isn't. Yeah. So far, that NFT could have come from various places in the NFT universe. What is starting to happen now is that you can actually mint the NFT on Instagram. We're using that analogy of that's the giving birth bit. You are still the creator creating it, but that's the giving birth bit. And that's significant because those are the types of NFTs that you'll be able to buy and resell on Instagram, which is obviously a huge market, one of the biggest digital markets in the world straight mm -hmm. away. That vastly superior numbers on the Instagram platform compared to any NFT marketplace. And there also have been rolling out over the last few weeks these ways of verifying that it's actually an NFT. There's all sorts of murky in-betweens, Tyler, like someone genuinely has an NFT and they've put a 99.99% like-for-like likeness they've posted on their Instagram, but it's not the actual NFT. In some ways, it's no different to, the, to a student putting a picture of the Mona Lisa on their wall. It's a very genuine representation of the piece of art, but it ain't the fucking Mona Lisa. The point of NFT, one of the key points of NFTs is they are precise, tangible, distinct pieces of digital property that can only be replicated if the original creator wants that to be happen. And they will generally only replicate in small numbers to create scarcity. Aka, your cool indie band putting out 107 inch vinyls that are all numbered. If they tried to put out 10,000 seven inch vinyls, not only would the 
values of the vinyls be less, but they'd never sell all 10,000. Does that answer your question? Yeah, that does. Thank you. You sure? You don't sound... Yeah. No, that, that does answer <laughs> it. That does answer it. It's um, it's kind of like the whole, like one of the biggest jokes with NFTs has been the whole, you can just right click and save it, right? Oh, why would I pay for yeah. it? I can right click and save it. Yeah. It's another way through a massive platform to prove that you do genuinely own that yeah. piece of art, I think. There's no difference between the right click and save it to the student having a five pound rip off of the Mona Lisa on the wall. Yeah, but... So the genuine pleasure you get from the image that your retina looking at that piece of art, and obviously we hope in the not too distant future, the art we're most concerned about is music. The pleasure you get from listening to that song on Spotify is distinct to the sense of comradeship and fandom and support, validation, ego that you get from a sense of ownership of a piece of art. If you could own iPad by Chainsmokers, probably can. You, I don't. Well, Chainsmokers are involved with Royal. Yeah. I think we spoke about <laughs> yeah, before. Royal, so Chainsmokers yeah. have been selling small percentages and genuine percentages that get royalties yeah. and stuff in their yeah. songs. That's a different relationship because you suddenly change from a appreciator to an actual owner. Yeah, yeah. You know, in your mind, you're a co-owner of a Chainsmokers song. It's double whammy. You're a co-owner of a Chainsmokers song with the Chainsmokers. Suddenly, yeah, you know, yeah. Sam, with his love of spin and hyperbole, he's basically business partners with the Chainsmokers now because he bought 0.001% <laughs> royalty in one song. But these things matter. These things impact people. But they've never been naff word. Mo- never's a strong word as well. But they've been very, very difficult to monetize before. You know, a lot of people talk about Web3 in the context of getting new fans. I think that's possibly a bit misguided now. We did talk about it a lot 12 to 18 months ago because in the context of there's these load of rich guys who've made a fuckload of money on Ethereum without really knowing what they're doing and they now want to buy stuff. Talk to them. But now we're back into more conventional times in terms of how an artist um, builds a relationship with a fan. I think it's more about deepening your relationship with current fans and doing more with current fans rather than reaching new fans via this. It's that... Sam and I have, in the earliest days of Sam and I working, we're trying to help unsigned artists. We've always been like, the moment you've got 100 to 150 fans, there's a chance one or two of them are rich. What could you do with them that they could buy? And that's been very unhard. You know, it's, it's an overpriced hoodie or something at a gig. Whereas now, Web3 technologies, particularly NFTs, are opening up opportunities to do that and also give them something back because that rich fan feels like they're supporting you, but also like they're investing you and they get the validation of being seen to do so. And potentially even an investment return if you do go on to be successful. Those those things haven't been possible before. I've got a new phrase brewing in my head. Brewing it's up. like fans with benefits. Fans with benefits sounds dodgy. Fandom with benefits. It's the new FW3 of the Web3 world. Having Being a fan of an artist who realizes their creativity, at least in some context through Web3 technology, particularly the stuff that has royalties, that starts to share in your success with your fans. Fandoms would benefit, fans would benefit. Need to work on that. I'm sure Tyler can do something with a clip, but it's like Web3 FWBs. And obviously one of the biggest Web3 DAOs is called FWBs. I'm I'm rambling. somewhere Shut between up. spitballing cool. and rambling. It's a fine line sometimes between creative brilliance and jibber-jabber. We're to listen to you talk right. about chain smokers for basically an hour. Marky boy, I know you got a bounce in like six minutes, and I know that there was a particular tune that you really, really wanted 
to share with our listeners. So what tune have you been feeling this week? Not from February, which you can't remember, but right now. Oh yeah, you mean on the Helping Musicians podcast, which is meant to talk about artists at the start of their career, new music, and we spent the whole show talking about stuff from February and March. <laughs> well, basically, after your skin-crawling attempts at an Irish accent last week, I've got a double dose of Celt to try and do something to restore Anglo-Irish relations. Uh, track I'm really feeling, uh, it's called Summer Assault by Thumper. It's such a perfect anecdote to these really, really fucking cold uh, December nights. It's kind of hard to chat about without sounding cheesy, but it's like, it's in your face, energetic, almost angry. It's kind of got, you can do it, man. But if you don't do it, I'm going to kick you up your, the ass. It's kind of like a PT for your soul, sonically. It's just a really, really in your face slab um, of rock and roll. On the subject of Sam, slander and Ireland, after your slander of Fontaine's DC last week, I am worried. I do not want you, listener, to miss out if you ever have the euphoric chance of the euphoric experience of seeing Fontaine's DC live because you made the huge life error of listening to Sam Naherney. I got to see him live serendipitously in and around the time Sam was slagging him off driving, tribal, visceral, anthemic music. It kind of, I feel like it would be at home in a campfire in 55 BC as much as it would be in Camden, Dublin or Brixton. Tracks like Boys in the Better Land, Televised Mind. If The Last Supper was actually a rowdy stag do, this would be the soundtrack. So good live that in the mosh pit, my trousers fell down. Yeah, another reason. Did you get hit by a flashlight? <laughs> Hits one way of putting it. <laughs> well, Mark, uh, if there's one thing that can be said, it's you're passionate about music you love. Is it you probably shouldn't say anything catty right now because you're not going to talk about anyone because you haven't done your homework? No, I, I genuinely... Well, the, the ironic part was the main thing that I've listened to over the past like week or two is the artist that we spoke about earlier on, sadly not making it into my uh, top five this year, but because the record came out so late, which is the Joel Baker album. Joel. Joel Baker, probably known as the biggest super fan that that man will ever have over the past 10 years, because like every single thing he's put out has basically been gospel to my eardrums. Um, you mean you are? I am, yes, yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. The, um, <laughs> Joel Baker is his number Joel one. Baker Joel Baker is the gospel. I mean, that is how I kind of see him to, through my brain and through my ears. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Joe Baker's debut album finally came out and it is the thing that's kind of required a few listens for me is Joel has very much two strands and like kind of musically, he has the incredibly relatable, likable gas kind of upbeat stuff. And then he has the like borderline spoken word poetry, a lot more emotional stuff. That kind of thing is not normally my bag, but when it's Joel, I will listen to anything he does and it's, Yeah. Joel doing poetry has seduced my eardrums on my very long flight over here as well. I mean, I'll let people Google it if they're interested, but like the the story behind the album is is full of very very sad stories. So it's definitely not an uplifting album, but it is. It's it sounds cheesy, but it's beautiful. It's a really really beautiful album, and there are like a number of moments on there. Like put it this way, there's a song. There's two songs that really stand out. There's one about his brother, which is just incredibly wholesome. And if you're any awareness of him and his brother and his relationship, it's just like this beautiful bonding moment captured in song. And then there's another song. I confess, I can't remember the name of the song, but I just love the lyric. It's um, I know it's raining outside, but there's sunshine in my soul. And it's just like, oh, Joel, I want to get that tattoo. Very Joel line. Yeah. Michelle Baker, hush now my fears. Go listen. Boom. So Joel Baker to nourish your soul, Fontaine's DC to take your pants down. That's uh, a summer Tyler, 
Two minutes. Keep you going in the gym. What tune you been feeling? So, can I just preface this and say this is super on the spot? You did give me a little bit of notice. Um, yeah. It's more than I got. And, well, yeah, true. Um, you still won, Mark, so I don't know why, you, you know, just yeah, you can let it go now, catty. I guess. Because you know. uh, it would have been a 5 nil whitewash. I'm, my my <laughs> honour is tainted by the fact it was actually close. Ireland 5, England nil. clearly. Ugh. Uh, that shit on. so i'm gonna put it out there this is not something that i would usually listen to but i think if anything that makes it even more special it was kind of like a rediscovering a genre kind of moment for me and this is also super cheesy uh it's by arizona zervas i think it's called the guy who made that rock yes. sand tune a super catchy tune a, f- a few years ago uh the yeah. song's called 2am you sam mark you mentioned not not wanting to sound too cheesy this is gonna sound really cheesy it's just really fun <laughs> It's really feel good. It's really energetic, actually. I think that's the like, that's the good word for it. And it's really clever because it's it's a two minute song, um, and it, it just makes it an earworm. Basically, it's it's over just as soon as it's began. It's basically all chorus, a little bit of verse, super fun. It's one of those songs that you just listen to when you've had a bad day, and it just makes you feel really good, really happy. Uh, and yeah, it's super basic guitar, eight oh eight drums. It's what you want to hear basically on a bad day. <laughs> I want to. Yeah, that's to it. it. It's good. Well, boys, hasn't this just been full of lots of ripping of me? Thank you very much. Um, have a wonderful rest of your week. Dear listener, if you've made it this far, well done. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, no, no one's made it this far. Well, <laughs> my mum might have. Well, uh, hi, I mum. Don't think even, um, I don't think even your mum's made it this far. <laughs> she was like, we I've will... got a sharing with two other people. That's not, that's, that's not worth it. We will... Uh... <laughs> Got the giggles now. We will be. Back. Are you imagining really normal? <laughs> Why does every show end in s- someone talking about someone's mom? Yeah, uh, it, it, it literally does. I think, but this might be the first time it's it's finished talking about someone's mom and a slight hint of implying they're involved in an orgy. <laughs> <laughs> and on the Helping Orgies podcast, we'll be back next week, boys and girls. But for now, lots of love. Thanks for tuning in. Sort your Spotify wrapped out. Bye. Love you, mums. Bye.